Delano's Top of the Week. Live with me right now, Duncan Roberts. Good morning, sir. Morning. How, How are, are you? you? I'm very well, thanks. You look yeah. a bit tired. Why is that? <laughs> um, yeah, Film well, festival. during the, these 10 days of glorious weather, I spent most of the time, my time in the cinema. <laughs> now the festival's over. <laughs> Listen, it's only two days I've been doing the weather this morning. Tomorrow's a bit rubbish. Okay. As of Wednesday, phenomenal weather for a week. Okay, yeah. that sounds good. So sunshine. Yes. You're from the north. You'll love yeah, it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Not high temperatures, just sun. That's enough. Anyway, on with the business of the day. Let's talk about the stories that are in the news this week. Let's talk about let's talk about petrol and fuel prices first, Duncan. Yeah, well... The, what um, can you tell us? Well, as we saw, the fuel prices reached a record high last Thursday. Um, they've dropped off again since, but obviously... This uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine is playing a, a big influence on gas and fuel prices and going to be a, playing a big, big influence on energy prices as a consequence, electricity prices. The energy crisis was there before, right? Yeah. There's been, it's just been there's acerbated been by... problems. Yeah. yeah, it's been acerbated by, the, by this invasion. Mm-hmm. I mean, Claude Thomas has said, he said before, before Russia invaded Ukraine and he reiterated last week that uh, gas and oil supplies to Luxembourg are guaranteed. Um, mm. We don't get that much of our oil from, from Russia. Most of it comes in into the ports uh, via Antwerp. Right. Um, gas, obviously, you know, the whole EU is pretty reliant on Russia at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, on Friday, Versailles, Ursula von der Leyen said um, the EU is now planning, finally, <laughs> to become unreliant on Russia by 2030. <laughs> 2030. So, yeah. Okay. So that's when they want to be totally independent of Russian supplies. And that means that means going to renewables, which I suppose I mean Termas is is the green uh politician, so yeah. I'm assuming that's what he's pushing for, but is that what the EU is pushing for or are we talking renewables or are we talking uh, nuclear power back to well, that? Well, uh, yeah, this is the whole thing with this taxonomy um of what, you know, what is labeled a green investment yeah. um that they they you know pushed through in February uh which included nuclear power. Um so again, you know, it's it's a delicate one. Yeah, everybody's got to be aiming for renewables. We know we know that. Whether we can get enough renewables by 2030 uh, is another, another matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are we likely to see the ups and downs of the fuel price? I mean, that was like, what, 50 cents up and then, then the next day, yeah. 50 cents down. Yeah, the market's going to be volatile. I mean, it's, it's, But can't they, can't they smooth it somehow? I mean, I don't understand why it has to go like, it has to be like that. Uh, well, it's, <laughs> this is... These are private companies, I mean. Right, okay. Luckily in the EU, um, we have, you know, there is directive limiting mm. limiting energy prices to, I think, 4% rise. Mm-hmm. Is that right? But Claude Thomas also ruled out uh, dropping VAT or any right. government excise on, on petrol. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, you know, he doesn't want to encourage... Petrol tourism, as, well, as we call it. Yeah, um, I mean, that's um, the reality, isn't it, for Luxembourg? When you're trying to get people to take the public transport, it's free people, use a bike, you know. But there are some people who live in the country or, you know, people come and cross border. Yeah, they, you, they can't. You can't yeah. really, you no. know, so it's, it's a tough one, but yeah. Yeah, the cross-border workers who rely on their car, I mean, mm-hmm. some of them have to, I guess. Yeah, um, if you don't live, like, directly in Mess or whatever right. at a train station, it's very difficult to do without a car. And even the trains are, are pretty crowded in the morning, I know. Um, crowded and yeah. unreliable sometimes, <laughs> and you know, unreliable. I think it depends. Yeah. Mine is quite good from Arlon, but I think depending on the route you take, yeah. it can be quite stressful. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, and again, I mean, this goes back to the the pandemic. Maybe uh, we thought, 
Oh, during the pandemic, we worked out this working from home, flex, mm. more flexible time. Mm. But it seems every company is now insisting that people, people come back come to back. the office yeah. in normal hours. I mean, we we don't seem to have learned the lesson from the pandemic in terms of you know right. workflow in you know cross border workers workers flowing into and out of Luxembourg all at the same time. I find that odd because I worked in Stuttgart like in ninety. 92 or whatever and we had flexi you like the factories because there's a lot of industry round about and just right. because of the geography of Stuttgart the factory started at different at different times of day just yeah. to try and ease the traffic and it's something we've never embraced here so well, Stuttgart has its own problems doesn't it does it, <laughs> it does it's got one of the worst air pollution yeah, records yeah, yeah, yeah. In well I mean it's a, it's in a hole you and know the whole, whole city's in a hole but that um, whole train station being built or not built yeah it was the 90s. It was better days, yeah. Duncan. <laughs> anyway, um, so the fuel thing we'll be watching for a while yet. Yeah. But I, w- I would suggest people try and rearrange their lifestyle if they can and get yeah. on public transport because it's not going away. No. Um, um, the government has announced they're going to have a tripartite meeting. The tripartite yeah. is a meeting between the government, the employers, representatives yeah. and the unions. So maybe they will come up with some solution, but they haven't actually announced a date for that. So. It's coming. Um, Let's move on to the other big topic, which I think should be a big topic, sanctions against the oligarchs. So um, last week it was in the media that there's an estimated $140 billion of global assets sitting with beneficial owners of 90 Luxembourg entities. Yeah. So it's Russian oligarchs who have that amount of money in Luxembourg entities. Yeah, it's 12 of the... I mean, this is a, a, a thing, that, a, an article that Josie Shilateau wrote. She's a financial journalist. Um, 12 of Forbes' top 40 Russian oligarchs have assets worth, as you said, $140 billion in Luxembourg. Um, yeah. And sanctions against them already? Some of them, yes. Not all of them. How uh, many? I, that, I'm not sure, actually, to Probably be honest. Probably two. Yeah. That's um, what I read, too. But, anyway. but, yeah, I mean, the EU has sanctioned, I think, 167 altogether, mm. Um, mm. compared to six in the UK, or, mm-hmm. including Roman Abramovich, of course, Yeah. recently. Um, Abramovich actually has private jets that are run by a Luxembourg company here. So but they, they haven't been... Um, they haven't been... Grabbed. Or grabbed, or no, what, what the not word yet. Is. A, I'm sure um, there's an official word yeah. for grabbing an airplane, <laughs> but I can't think of it right now. Seized. Seized, that's the word. Yeah. Um... And yeah. then, as we heard in, the, in your news just now, there mm. was this demonstration on Friday morning at Gazprom Bank uh, here in, in downtown Luxembourg. Yeah. Um, again. There's about 100 people, I think, employed there. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's still not excluded from the SWIFT. No, it's not. SWIFT um, uh, banking system. No. Is, is, do you think that's likely to happen? I mean, why is that not excluded? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> Everybody's asking. It's the third lad. I mean, Gazprom Bank. Um, like third la- largest third, Russian third bank? Third largest Russian bank, yeah. Um, there's only been seven uh, have been exclu- excluded by the European Union from uh, from SWIFT. Um, and, the, and the CSV was asking in Parliament, you know, why, why Gazprom Bank was even granted a banking licence in the first place. I mean, uh-huh. this is the other question. We've got, a, we've got a question why these oligarchs and, and people were being allowed to you know, run free because we're greedy. Uh, because we're greedy, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, JC just sent me an amazing picture, actually. It's, um, who was it? It was Putin with Asselborn and somebody else. Okay. Oh, Jean-Claude Juncker, Juncker, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, at came, Chateau Senningen. Yeah, that came to light like, last week, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, we, we, know, we know why, but 
it shouldn't it shouldn't have happened we know why it's happened but now there's it's the time to fix it it's a bit late but we should be fixing it and i'm just surprised that we're moving so so slowly in things yeah no? i mean the u.s has issued debt restrictions against but gazprom um, mm. and 12 other banks uh 12 other banks are being fully sanctioned four of them in in the u.s mm. so they seem to be taking it a step further but um yeah it's, and do you it's think it's one. do you think Luxembourg is waiting for the EU to make the yeah. move on Gazprom? Don't want to do it on their own, or yes. yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, Luxembourg is always going to follow EU EU policy. I wonder um, if there's enough if there's a big enough outcry locally, they would be forced to do something. I mean, how many people are demonstrating? We said a hundred people demonstrating. Maybe that's no, no. It was, it was about ten people demonstrating. Oh, it wasn't even. <laughs> no, it was a very small demonstration on Friday morning. I right, mean, it was eleven o'clock in the morning. I right. Mean. I wonder because I mean I imagine it's because that's how the how the gas has been paid for through that yeah that bank. that's the problem I mean we have to you know we still have to pay for our gas and Russia's not turning off the tap so uh-huh yeah oh. um, um, okay. yeah it's a moral question it's a it's a pragmatic question as well do we mm-hmm. you know people are dying you know yeah um the other thing that struck me though is you know with the number of uh, beneficial owners that have been identified the threshold for the beneficial owners in Luxembourg is 25% they don't need to be mentioned in, unless they have more than 25% of a trust or whatever right. whatever it's called yeah. um, so is the people who've been identified are they then because they're over this 25% or are they identified and they've, they've actually maybe only got well, or, or can you that, not that, actually ever identify the people that are under twenty five percent? As far as I know, no. Um, so there could be more. Yeah, there could be I more mean, oligarchs with. You could be. You could trawl through uh-huh. the system and find them, but it takes a lot. You know, because they opened up the the system. The registrar. Yeah, the registrar. But it means actually you can't search. You've got to trawl through everything. Which is what a group yeah. of journalists. I get no, not journalists. Yeah. They were calling them Big Four alumni. Yeah. What was? It? Does that mean people who have worked for the Big Four in the past? Is that yeah, what we're talking I about? Guess so, yeah. yeah. They are the people who sat and trawled through the yeah. the business registrar. Yeah. Well, there's the there's the um, the journalists who are you know le- reporting on you know Lux Leaks and all those mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Panama Papers. Um, so they're they're doing their work as well, um, but it takes a lot of time to do all this. For you know, you have to have specialist investigative investigative journalists who are prepared just to dedicated to it. Spend six months just trawling through papers like this, you know, uh-huh. or longer. But do you think the government there's a there's a like an, an element of government working through this at the same time who are maybe trying to clean up their act right now? Um, I don't think the CS, CCSF has the has the manpower to actually physically go through every everything i um, asked them to come in for an interview actually and they refused yeah so it's not going to be easy they said i should speak to the government who's right. and that's what i didn't want to do yeah yeah so, i mean the 140 we mentioned mm-hmm. 140 billion i think was out of a total of 260 billion that these oligarchs have globally if that if i remember correctly so it's like what half yeah half is sitting in Luxembourg. yeah Jeez. So we were talking about dirty London last week. Yeah. We don't look to clean ourselves, do we? No, it's not looking great. It's not looking uh, good for Luxembourg. Okay. And if they're not sanctioned already, so like, let's get back to the oligarchs. If they're not sanctioned already, could they, in effect, be given money to support Russian military? 
Yeah, I mean, they basically, can. Yeah. yes. I mean, we know we know that Abramovich was uh, making steel that was being used by the Russian, you know, to build weapons. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, there's no telling what them. Well, there is telling what their money can do is doing, but mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. guess I guess if 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 they find a direct link, then then that would you know improve the case for for imposing sanctions. But it's but it's basically up to journalists to find that link at the minute. The government. Well, the we, EU, I think the EU is working on it as well. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you think there's enough of a a, a sort of um, scandal around the fact that politicians? I know Schneider and Krake. and Kreke stood back, stood down from yeah. their their Russian boards. But do you think there was enough enough of a scandal around that, or do you think we just like okay, it was a wee mistake, and off you go, chaps? Do you think that could happen again? That there's well, it, actually, it could, couldn't it? That that. Politicians doesn't have to be Russians, but politicians can directly take up these directorships yeah, immediately I mean, nothing, after leaving. At the moment, there's nothing to stop them. The, they are trying to revise the, you know, the the laws surrounding what ministers do after they retire. But, but they have to leave politics, right? They yes. can't do it while they're still no, in politics. No, no. But it, they can go directly from one to the other, like yeah. one day to the next. They yeah. can pick up these directorships. Yeah. So the knowledge they have through the politics they've been doing goes directly with them. Yeah. And that there's, there's I mean, nothing to stop them doing that. Jacques, Jacques Pousse, the, the former foreign minister who died, uh, passed uh-huh. away a couple of weeks ago. Uh-huh. Um, he he left the foreign ministry and he had been on various trips to China and he was then put on the on the board of the Bank of China here in Luxembourg. So, right. I mean, yeah, yes. that's the way it works. And it, it's not normal in other countries. I think there is a... If, I think from what I understand, there's a, like a couple of years, like you've got to have a right. couple of years out. Not that your knowledge yeah. goes away, but you've at least have a couple of years out of. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. If that's the case in Britain, but no, in other European, a lot of other yeah. European countries, there is a, a sort of time frame yeah. where you have to be out of politics before you can take yeah, up these directorships. As far as I know, yes. But, I mean, it, there's this whole question of you know, if we're doing this against Russia, why not China? Why not mm. you know some of the Arab countries? There's a parliamentary delegation going to Dubai today. I mean. Mm-hmm. And Dubai was, you know, one of the countries that hasn't sanctioned Russian, uh, Russia and is, you know, allegedly giving these oligarchs, you know, sort of a, and the a deleg- haven. And the delegates that are going are going to do business or are going to talk about sanctions? No, it was a, it was a delegation to go, planned months in advance. To go do to go business. And, yeah, talk about, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, bilateral relations. So, yeah. Wow. Okay, well, I'm sure this is not the last time we talk about this. No. Yeah. Um, and the situation of refugees again. We've you know we've seen lots of lots of coming in. Um, I spoke to Mark Rocher, who's the head of Caritas yesterday. He mm-hmm. said they had 120 beds for the next two days. I mean, each day. Mm-hmm. But any more any more arriving, they're they're stretched to the limit, um, which is why they had to clear out Lux Expo. Mm-hmm. So the Lux Expo refugees who we heard in the news were complaining. Um, they have been moved to the, the centre in Findle. Mm-hmm. But Mark Rocher was saying the ministry should have at least organised you know, a, a bus. Or a trans- bus to take them, just yeah. putting people out in the street. No, I mean, it it's just, not the way. It's not I, the way to handle this. So. I just think, you know, there's, there's so many things we should have learned. I mean, this is not... We've had refugees in this country and a lot of refugees in this country for many years, I mean, at least six, seven years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a very, it's the, the people are very stressed. 
yeah. by the situation. And if you're a refugee who's waiting for your papers to come through and you've come from Afghanistan and, you know, Luxembourg's saying Afghanistan's a safe place and you've put an appeal in, it's stressful. It is. And I think we need to be careful about how we treat people. Yeah. And, uh you know, there's there's a, there's a lot of undercurrents that we need to be aware of, and you just wonder sometimes at the government's kind of lack of lack of foresight. Yeah, you know? and I think these refugees who have arrived from, as you said, from Afghanistan or Syria recently, um, they're maybe a bit jealous. <laughs> I mean, it's not, not the word to use, but you know, the Ukrainian refugees have have been granted this temporary emergency yeah. status that was introduced by the EU in 2015, but this is the first time it's actually been mm-hmm. applied. Mm-hmm. So they're getting, you know, they are being fast-tracked compared to the others. It's fast-tracked, and I think the thing is that, 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 you know, there's two things. I mean, the Ukrainian community here, an amazing, amazing uh, sense of solidarity and organisation from day one. That makes a difference. Women and children coming, that makes a difference. But obviously, you know, the fact that it's announced uh, direct access to the workplace for many people who've struggled, who've been here as refugees for the past six years and are struggling to make a life, um, that's hard. That's a bitter pill to swallow. Yeah. And I just think we need to be aware that that is, that is the situation and treat people with respect. Yes. You know, it was a very logical thing. You need the big facility of 200 beds. We have a 60 people in it. Let's move them somewhere else. But get a bus. It's yeah. one bus. Yeah. You know, that those are the things that I have very little sympathy when the government gets, wrong on, gets it yeah. wrong on those. Thanks. So let's hope that was the one mistake there they're going to make um anyway we're running out of time so let's talk about yeah. cultural events that are going on right uh this thursday is st patrick's day yes so <laughs> just be wary aware of that big big event be wary of that you almost said <laughs> <Be aware. laughs> Yeah. depends I mean, what you want in life people yeah. i mean as we know you know all the irish bars will be celebrating uh-huh. um there's a couple of other events as well uh i'm just sorry i've just lost my place uh, so there is one. I think all the bands. Sh- the Shepherds Even. If you've heard of the Shepherds Even, they're a very good Luxembourgish yeah. band. You know, doing sort of Celtic mm-hmm. folk punk music. So they're playing in uh, Vis-a-Vis on Thursday. Oh, nice. So well, that's a, a nice venue. Nice Gosh, that'll be a tight venue. It will be packed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's nice weather, though. We could be out in the street. We might be out on the... Oh, they've got that co- little courtyard, the courtyard opposite by the church. That yeah, would be nice, so, wouldn't it, if it yeah. were outside? So that's happening at uh, Thursday night. Uh, Thursday okay, night. takes no on hand. Yeah. Writes no on hand to be there. But obviously, you know, all the Irish bars... Yeah, they and, all have something. That's what I was going to say. Luxembourg bars Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we had the Celtic Festival just at the weekend as well, which was a great day. It did launch. always a nice one. So... Yeah. Um, you were at Lux Film Fest as well. That's all done and dusted. That is all done and dusted. So Thank anything you. else coming up this weekend or uh, well, this week or is it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there is the Red Cross charity uh, oh, concert for Ukraine at the Philharmonie. Oh, what day is that? The... That's on Saturday. Okay. Uh, Friday, Friday sorry, the 18th. The 18th, yeah. So it's uh, the OPL playing with uh, French conductor Lionel Branguier. Oh, say that again, don't Branguier. Branguier. Well done. And Bruce Liu will be playing uh, playing piano. Um, so, yeah, tickets. Yeah, on philharmonie.lu. Um, Very nice. That's happening Friday, and then on. On Friday and Saturday, Saturday. Uh, the is Fest, the English Festival of English Language Schools Theatre. So, well, they've been here. They come often, right? It's every year, I think. Or well, maybe two, not the last couple of years. Years, but, yeah. Yeah. It's every two years. It's mm-hmm. on. So it's all the English language. Well, 
all the English language theatre groups in in the international and, and local schools here mm-hmm. uh, all perform a sort of one act or three short sketches. So around 40 minutes each performance. Uh-huh. There's two on Friday, there's four on Saturday afternoon, and then there's three on Saturday nice. evening. Nice. And um, are they all hosted at the same place? It's, the all same in, auditorium? it's all in the Mesh Kultur House, yeah. Oh, very Mesh. nice. So, that be good. Uh, so that's Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Fest. And so, and it's a real mix of comedy, tragedy, romantic plays. I mean, it's it's a really good mix of genres. Uh huh. Excellent. So it should be fun. Well, it's nice to see things like that coming again after the yeah. last two years of pretty much nothing. Yeah. You know, so everything's picking up. That's good. Now we always ask you for a, a track or a book. Like Cordula always brings us a book, which I I quite like. <laughs> um, but you bring us tracks. Did I you bring know. us a track this time? I have. Uh, good. A New York sort of post-punk band called Bodega. Mm-hmm. They've just uh, released their new album called Broken Equipment and this track is called Doers. So, okay, well, do you for know... fans of The Fall and all those sort of oh, okay. top-notch bands. Thanks, Duncan. Thank you. Thank you.